Hello, and welcome to See What We See with Lauren and Martin. My name is Lauren Cashin. I'm the Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin LeBeau, Deputy Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Martin and I were discussing the other day some of the challenges that opticians are having during this pandemic, and something that we both have heard a lot from about from opticians is the issue of disinfecting frames. It's always been an issue of disinfecting frames in our dispensaries after patients have worked with them, but now it's even a bigger challenge because if a patient even touches a frame on the shelf, we want that frame taken down immediately, put aside and disinfected before it goes back on the shelf. So the volume of frames that are being disinfected these days, it's it's just crazy. So we thought that um, maybe we should reach out to somebody and have a discussion about what are the different methods we can use to disinfect frames. So we went to our buddy, a fellow optician, Albert Moe, and uh, Albert's uh, from McRae Optical. So this is second generation optical company, which is wonderful. And we thought we'd invite Albert today to talk about things with us and what he's found out. I just want to say ahead of time, though, that the three of us are not experts on this. This is basically three opticians having a discussion about some of the stuff we did find out about disinfecting. Albert knowing, I would think, Martin, a little bit more than us because he sells devices and he's been really looking into this recently. So Martin, why don't you take it away and uh, ask Albert some questions? Well, I think we should bring Albert first. Albert, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, really great to see you guys face to face for once. It's been a really long time. Yeah, okay. Um, it's a specialty, I think, last year, right? Specialty symposium. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's been a while. Well, it's nice to connect with you. Thanks for joining us today. No, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, great. Um, maybe before we even get started, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, for those of you that don't know who I am, and I'm sure there's a lot of you out there, my name is Albert Moe. I am one of the owners and operators of McCray Optical Supply. That's a family business, so my sister works there as well. And my mom and dad, who are now retired, um, you can't really get rid of them. So they're, they're still around in McCray too. Um, so I'm an optician. I've been so for probably about 13 years now. Um, my principal role at McRae Optical is uh, predominantly for R&D, research and development, um, as well as the repair department and uh, a little bit of purchasing. And that's, that's sort of where um, my expertise or, well, quote unquote expertise is for the, for the medical and cleaning devices that we're talking about now. That's great. Thanks, Albert. Um, I mean, I'm sure you get a few phone calls from clients and stuff like that, just like we have conversations with our staff and, and fellow opticians, there's different ways how to disinfect frames. And this is one of the most important things in dispensaries these days. I mean, people trying frames on, we got to make sure that the next client that puts them on, it's going to be safe, uh, safe for them and everything else. What are some of the uh, ways that uh, your clients use to disinfect frames? Yeah, that's, um, that's actually been top of mind for a lot of people. The first thing that that happened during the, the, the pandemic isn't exactly that. What, what, what is it that we can do to, to, to ensure the health of, of all of our patients and ourselves? There have been a lot of different options. The number one and most simple is soap and water. Uh, that, that actually works very well, mainly because the virus itself is encased in uh, what's called a lipid envelope. 
are uh, and so this the soap has a really natural ability to just kind of tear that apart and once that envelope is is broken then all of the i guess you see this is where my scientific terms come in the the guts of the virus basically <laughs> is no longer effective at replicating and, and causing more spreading and so there are a lot of different options um i know that there's a few places that are using a misting device the the actual mist is called hypochlorous acid and that actually um, eliminates the virus, uh, theoretically speaking. A lot of the stuff right now, uh, one caveat that I want to mention prior to moving forward is there's not a lot of places that actually have the COVID virus itself to be researching on directly. It's very, very new. And from what I understand, it's people are kind of learning things every day. And so things that theoretically should work are being applied right now. So there is a difference between or there's a, a, a subtle clarification between coronavirus and COVID-19 that we have to make. Coronavirus is sort of like the big family and uh, COVID-19 is the specific new strain that belongs to that family. And so a lot of the stuff that's being applied now that, that sort of works and, and, and has been proven to work fairly well, um, it works well because we, we know that it works for coronavirus. And so there may be outliers right now, and we're not 100% sure about that. That's actually an excellent point that you're making there. Um, I mean, with obviously, we do our research as well, you know, being in the store and everything else. We want to make sure that, uh, that everything works well. I mean, one of the big things that people talk about these days is the UVC lamps. Yes. And I believe that you sell some of that product as well. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the pros and cons of using a UVC lamp compared to a mister or just a soap and water? Yeah, so um, I can go into a little bit of the other other options aside from that first, but definitely UV is an exciting new technology for for us. Okay, here's another term that we have to define. Um, there's, there's sterilization and disinfection. Sterilization implies fully sterile. So there's, there's no bacteria, nothing there that can cause any kind of problem and then there's disinfection disinfection is generally speaking you'll see on um previously like uh, hand sanitizer bottles or even like the lysol sprays it'll say 99.99 or 99.9 uh, that's usually as comfortable as these products are willing to say and usually it's enough for, for us and so um with regard to the uv machine it is a disinfecting chamber uh, UVC light has been used, and that, this is 254 nanometers, has been used for a very long time in sterilizing uh, water. Essentially what it does is it destroys the, the RNA within, within, within the actual virus. And so uh, RNA is essentially not to be confused with DNA. DNA is your blueprint. It will effectively tell you how to make anything like uh, we're, we're all composed of uh, DNA. It's, it's, it's the instruction manual for how to make anything. Um, RNA is sort of the guy that starts doing the work. So you have a guy that one, one side of things that has the blueprint on how to do it. And then on the other side, it's, the, it's this RNA that takes that information and starts to create the proteins necessary to reproduce, right? When you shine UVC light onto the, the virus, what ends up happening is that UVC light affects RNA, but not as much the DNA. 
Uh, DNA is a double helix, RNA is a single helix. DNA has different fail-safes to keep it a little bit more robust. It's coiled more. And so as a result, that UVC light doesn't really affect it as much. And so the UVC light destroys RNA. And in doing so, the virus is no longer able to spread uh, as effectively. So Albert, I just want to interject here for a second, because you and I had some conversations earlier in the pandemic when we were working at the College of Opticians in a meeting as to developing guidelines and that. And people were talking about disinfection methods. And at that point, it was very early in the game. And some people were pro this and no that. And um, one of the things that came up, and I don't know if you've heard anything since then, but I see that now UVC has been adopted more. But one of the things that came up that somebody said was that with the UV light, is it getting through to the part of the uh, virus? Does it get through that lipid layer? And uh, that was a concern before, and that's where, you know, the discussion about uh, ultrasonic using soap and water. So have you found out anything more about the UVC getting into it? Like how did... Yeah, so essentially, from, from my understanding, UVC light is effective as long as it's able to hit the surface that it's supposed to be disinfecting. Um, now, when you're talking about UVC light, you also have to bear in mind that we're not just talking about um, UVC light, period. Um, UVC, in terms of light, you have to also take into consideration the intensity of the light and the duration of exposure. So if, uh, as an easy ex example, you can kind of consider, all right, I have UVC light here, but it's, let's say you, you don't, you don't want to, you, you don't want to go out and try and get a suntan in starlight. All right. So if, if the actual intensity of the light is actually not very strong, then you're not really going to have a particularly great effect. So the stronger and more intense the light is, the more, the more likely it is to get through and actually damage those uh, RNA chains, right? Um, if, if you're using something that isn't strong enough, then, then you have to side on exposure time. So the, 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 the more intense the, the, the light actually is, the lower the exposure time that you actually need. If you have a very poor intensity or very low intensity of this light, then you just kind of wait for a very long time or it gets to the point where it's no longer effective. And so that's really, uh, as, as far as I understand. Interesting, that's, that's really cool because that was a concern, obviously. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm guessing just a scenario in my head as I'm, as I'm hearing you telling, uh, telling us about this, what if it's somebody that comes in, again, they have oily skin or wear quite a bit of makeup and it leaves kind of an imprint on the frame? Should we, like, do you think it would be advantageous to maybe wipe that down with soap and water first before we put it in the UVC? Uh, yeah. Expose the frame to the UVC? Yeah, I, th I think absolutely. Um, there's really, especially especially with a, a visible amount of anything, like a buildup or makeup or anything like that, if you can actually see it, it means that there's a lot of it there. It, when you're talking about microscopic things, right? And so it, it makes a lot of sense. And really just the error on the side of caution, it makes yeah. a lot of sense to do that. Um, you have to bear in mind, and this is something that I, I learned in the beginning as well. It's like when I would first started, I really thought about uh, the virus as... Uh, binary so you're either sick or you're not sick it's a one or a zero um but a lot of the times i was talking to one of my friends and she's like um she has a master's and a, a, a doctorate in, in in both um 
biology and bio, uh, bioscience. And she was basically saying, no, it's, it's not actually uh, a, a, a one or a zero. It's not actually a binary term. Your body is fighting off viruses literally as we speak right now. It's just a matter of your immune system to have the ability to, to, to cope with that. And, and, and viral load is a, is a thing. So you can, you can have, and, and not, this is not just about COVID. Like you can have a little bit of germs and your, and your body is constantly fighting that off at all times. It's just when you get too much of it that, that your body's like, okay, wait a minute, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. And that's how we get sick. And so, so when you're exposing this UV light, you're going you're gonna to destroy these RNA chains, but you got to bear in mind that the virus's DNA structures is probably still there. It's just that it can't reproduce anymore. So you're, you're getting the stuff into the system. It's just there's so little of it, it can't reproduce. If you're using UV light and you damage or kill this virus, mm -hmm. and excuse my ignorance, the virus is still sitting there on the frame? Yeah, the surface, but it, is that what you're telling us? Is that yeah? So, so yeah, it's it's essentially you're you're shining light on something, but you're not actually washing it or or brushing it, physically removing it from the actual surface, right? Uh, it, it doesn't kind of disintegrate and, and, and fizzle into nothing. There's going to be remnants of that on the surface. And so the so, corpse stays there, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, so there are definitely pros and cons to, and different options, uh, which actually leads into the potential of, as you mentioned before, an ultrasonic cleaning option. And then there's bleach, there's hydrogen peroxide, disinfecting sprays, uh, disinfecting wipes. There's a lot of different, and every one of those things has pros and cons at the moment. There's no panacea, like all encompassing thing that just kills everything, right? So. Albert, thank you very much for joining us today. That was, I'm, I had fun doing this conversation. I'm sure Lauren did too. Uh, and I'm sure we'll learn some more. Maybe we can do a, a, a part two of this conversation down the road when we get even more information. Thank you for listening to part one of our conversation. There's a lot more content coming your way. So stay tuned for part two.